And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, March 18th. I am Josh Engelman. I'm joined by Adam Scher. We are brought to you by No House Advantage. We'll definitely talk about them in a bit. But first, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Adam, I feel like you and I haven't done a show together in a while. Yeah, I was thinking that because it's been lofty like every morning for a while. Yeah, uh, it felt weird. I haven't. I feel like I haven't hosted a show in a while, which sucks because I do significantly less on the days that I don't <laughs> host. So uh, I would very much prefer that one. But yesterday, a little bit different. One gamer today, a little bit different. Twelve gamer. I legitimately hate slates like this. Yeah, I mean, I've hated pre- most of this week. I mean, I-, I had a good Monday, so I can't hate it too much. But like, sure. it was nine, four, twelve, one, twelve. Like, just give me seven or eight every day. Yeah, I I just I don't care for these monsters where I don't know, it just feels like you gotta I don't know. I, I just hate it. I hate when everybody's like fifteen percent ten to fifteen percent to be in the optimal and all ten dudes that are priced at ten K or above just look exactly the same relative to salary or at least close to it. Yeah, like it, it's kind of fun because ownership doesn't matter as much. You can kind of just really play whatever you want because ownership gets spread out. Um yeah. but the issue, especially in larger field stuff, is that not not you still don't need like the perfect lineup, but there's just so many random dudes that have the opportunity to go nuts and be someone you have to have on a 12 game slate compared to a smaller slate. Well, we do have a hard out coming up ahead of us or after us. Uh, NCAA tournament going on. We've got college basketball live before lock right mm-hmm. after this one. So we do have quite a few games to get through i think we need to just dive in what do you say yeah let's go all righty first one up the only 7 p.m start dallas three-point dogs in philly 220 total this one's i don't want to say complicated because that probably wouldn't be the right way to describe it but for dallas we have no real news your boy marquise chris is questionable finally to come back on the Philly side, Joel Embiid. I, I, I thought I thought my boy was going to be Reggie Bullock, and you were taking a shot at my shitty live final team. Oh no, no! I would have took the shot. Missed at opportunity. KJ Kenyon Martin yeah. Jr. <laughs> the second. Um, now Marquise Chris is questionable. Shouldn't matter at all in this scenario. Reggie Bullock is out, but Joel Embiid questionable on the opposite side. That one going to carry a little bit more weight. Luca. Uh, double digits in ownership on DK, 22% owned on FanDuel, where he's 10,600. We get a little bit more love for Brunson and Maxi on FanDuel, but no one on DK outside of Luca with an ownership percentage higher than 4.9% for Maxi. Are you seeing anything for Dallas that you want to get to today? I, I think Luca Doncic is good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, assuming that he doesn't count in this discussion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he clearly is is the top guy there. But then beyond that, not not really. I mean, Maxi at thirty nine hundred, decent value option. Um, he did start the second half over Powell last game, so I don't know. I, I don't really know what that means. I don't expect him to replace Powell, but maybe he does. And if he does, then it's a nice minutes bump for him. Um, kind of wild because Powell played thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was just, it was weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like power forward eligibility on Maxi at thirty nine hundred. There's the potential for some value there. Um, but like the Finney Smith, Bronson, Dinwiddie pieces, they all just, they're, they're just kind of there. Like they're, they're priced around where they should be. If they land in a lineup here and there, I'm not going to be surprised, but they're not guys that I'm building around. Yeah. I don't really see too many priorities here. 
I'd be willing to take a shot on a basically unowned, at least based on our ownership projections, uh, an unowned Spencer Dinwiddie on FanDuel at 6K. I don't even think that I'm projecting him all that well right now. And I just think that he is a guy that could be underrepresented. He'd be one of the guys that's like, there's going to be a sea of dudes in this area where you're not going to get to some guy that's 10% owned, but you're going to get to some guy that's 1% owned because there's so many. Dinwiddie would be one of those guys that I think I would get to that I don't know if the field's getting to. Yeah, my only concern with him is he's basically non-existent when he plays alongside Luka. Yes, that is very true. Everyone is, if we're going to be Yeah, but like, but, but, but like Brunson... Like Brunson's used to it. Brunson Brunson has figured out how to do it and still, you know, kind of produce. Dinwiddie just is a ghost. 0.97 fantasy points per minute for Dinwiddie over the past 30 days. Jalen Brunson, 0.75. Not that I'm like disagreeing with you. I agree with everything that you just said. I don't have anything else to really add. We'll try to, at the end of this show, uh, like look through all of the payup options. It's really hard to talk about Luka Doncic without any context to everybody else. And I honestly think that he looks pretty similar to most of those guys anyway, but you can basically pay up for the entire crop of good players in the NBA today. And yeah. that makes it tricky. Dinwiddie has actually been a little bit better with Doncic on than I realized. He's at 0.79 DraftKings points per minute uh, this season. Brunson's at 0.74. I thought the last time I looked, uh, Dinwiddie was even worse than that, but 16% shooting huge. the lights out, I believe. 64.7% shoot shooting. Yeah, that uh, probably won't hold. Yeah, 16% usage, 17% assist percentage. What's he shooting from three? I have no idea. Okay, I didn't know if you had it in front of you. Because uh, I know um, last I looked, and I don't even know if this was just with Luca on, but he's like 20 of 36 for open catch and shoots. And he shooting was like, like really. eight of 80 when he was in Washington. Yeah. Sorry about that one. I don't want to yeah. twist the knife at all. I mean, I, I mostly just stopped liking Dinwiddie because he keeps running his mouth after he left. That's fair. From one team with a maxi to another team with a maxi, we go to Philadelphia. We don't know the status of Joel Embiid. Um, that will play a big role here. The guy that I'm most interested in right now would be 9,500 on FanDuel, 9,600 on DraftKings, James Harden. And that interest will go up considerably if we happen to lose Embiid. Clearly happy to get to Embiid. But the guy that's getting the most ownership in this game on either site, 17% owned Tobias Harris on FanDuel, which I don't necessarily want to get to. Uh, stop me if you've heard this before. I really like Tyrese Maxey today, 5,600 on FanDuel. That's the price tag I'm liking. 6,800 on DraftKings. I could take that or leave it, but everything hinges on Joel Embiid. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if Embiid is in, then $10,800 Embiid looks very, very good. A $9,600 Harden looks very, very good. If Embiid is out, $9,600 Harden is probably the best play on the slate. Um, So, yeah, a lot hinges on Embiid. Obviously, if he's out, you also get uh, increased opportunities for guys like Maxi and and Harris. You probably get one of DeAndre Jordan or Paul Millsap in the starting lineup. I don't really know for sure, but... um, I think yeah, those like, guys uh, are probably uh, chopping most of the five minutes either way. Yeah, that, that's what I would think. I mean, they could also just run a smaller lineup with Tobias Harris, but um, I, I assume they would just go like 20 apiece to Jordan and Millsap, something like that. Uh, but yeah, obviously the Embiid news is, is huge. If he's in, it's kind of just Embiid, Harden, and move on for me on DraftKings. I'm with you. Uh, I don't really have much else that I want to say there. How interesting would... Let's just use DeAndre Jordan for the example. How interesting would he be to you at 3,100 at center? It's like mild on a day like today, though, right? Yeah, it's it's a tough spot because he's a 
he's still a pretty good point per minute guy, but he's a horrible NBA player. So you run the risk of like DeAndre Jordan starts and then Doc Rivers watches him play for six minutes and is like, screw this. Um, so like, I think he would be a good value if he starts, but I also wouldn't be expecting, you know, 28, 30 minutes. I think you're probably getting like 20, 22. Right. And you know, center only raw points on a 12 game slate, way more important than it's going to be. Yeah. Otherwise, um, I just don't know if you're going to be able to create enough ceiling out of someone like DeAndre Jordan at that point in time, but still will be a good point for dollar play. Similar story. Bless you. Uh, Similar story for Paul Millsap, I assume, uh, depending if he's on the opposite side, but I had Jordan in front of me, so it was easier to talk about him from that regard. Is there anything else we should talk about for Philly? I don't really think so. I don't think so either. So then we go to this giant crop of 730 starts. Memphis. Five-point favorites at Atlanta, 236 total. I pointed this out on the process show, but it's crazy. Like, I looked at Philly, and you get these guys that are playing, and it's Matisse Thibel's a .75 guy, Niang a .7 to .75 guy, Danny Green .75, Isaiah Joe worse than that, Shake Milton like .8. And then I look at Memphis, and in my baseline rates for these guys, 1.25, 1, 1, 1.2, 1, 1, 1.1, 1.1, one and it's just like the whole damn team's a fantasy point per minute guy whether they're guards or forwards or centers you don't see that all that frequently unfortunately they are wildly unplayable on DraftKings unless John Morant happens to be out yeah I mean if Morant sits then you get $4,400 Tyus Jones you get bumps for everybody else but um if Morant's in I, I don't know that I would go so, so far as to say like wildly unplayable but they certainly don't stand out because the issue is that you know Morant at 10-2 is still decent but with dylan brooks back we know he cuts into morant's production because dylan brooks probably thinks he's better than morant um bain jackson like those guys are priced correctly uh steven adams is is still fine but not underpriced it's just a team where like i don't think there's anybody that's underpriced so it's just landing on a guy here or there uh, as a contrarian pace contrarian piece highest owned guy Four different ones on DraftKings. Bain, Jackson, Clark, and Anderson, all 0.5% owned. Um, we do have to talk one, uh, at least a little bit here, about the actual piece that is getting ownership. It's no one on FanDuel. It's no one on DraftKings except for Dylan Brooks is 4,800, shooting guard small forward on FanDuel today, projected for 20% ownership. That might be a little high to me, but $4,800 <clears throat> Dylan Brooks is very in play on FanDuel today. Yeah, I agree. Um, he was like the only guy on Memphis that actually didn't come through last game, but still a, a pretty good salary for him. Um, played 25 minutes last game. It was a blowout. Probably would have played more uh, had it been competitive. Well, that's where we're at. I gave him 28 minutes. He looks pretty good at 4,800. Um, I don't have anything else here. I thought that I'd be able to talk a little bit more glowingly about Memphis given the 236 total, but we're going to need Ja to be out to really open things up here. Good team. Then we go to Atlanta. Probably not going to see John Collins again for the rest of this regular season. We'll see what that means for the playoffs, but he is out with finger injury and some plantar fasciitis. We've got Trey Young, questionable with a left quad. We've got Danilo Gallinari, uh, questionable with a bicep contusion. Assuming those guys are in, I've got a little bit of interest in casting a wide net on Atlanta just because of uh, how fast Memphis plays. This is a nice pace up spot for the Hawks. Whether that's Trey Young at 10-1 on DK, 
DeAndre Hunter is getting a little bit of ownership at 5K. I don't mind getting to Kevin Herter, who's been playing more minutes as of late. Bogdanovich, Gallo, if he's in. Clint Capella should see like 28 minutes. I don't <clears throat> love anyone from Atlanta, but I like a lot of it. Yeah, and the only one that I would say I love is Trey Young at 10-1. Um, he's averaged 1.52 DraftKings points per minute in 14 games without John Collins this year. But the issue you're going to run into is that there are just so many payup options uh, that, you know, yeah, you're going to really like Trey Young, but do you really want to just be jamming Trey Young into every lineup and and not getting to these other guys that also look really good? So um, that's kind of the issue with it being a 12-game slate. But I think Young looks great. I think Capella at 6,300 looks pretty good. Bogdanovich, Herter, Hunter, Gallo all look fine. <clears throat> it's hard to prioritize anybody. And I'm with you. Like I like Trey Young a lot, but as I mentioned in the Lucas section, we are not short on stars today. Right, exactly. But you can get to a lot. What's your expectation for playing time for Capella? 28. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think he's averaging, I'll, I'll look, I think he's averaging like 28 and change without Collins. Yeah, that seems about right to me. Okongwu as the straight backup. 28. I think TLC get a little bit of love as well. I don't think that's going to matter all that much. Wait, what are we what? doing here if Trey Young? Ha- What'd you say? What'd you say about TLC? He's been getting a little bit of run recently. Oh, oh. well, that's because Gallo got hurt. Right. Yeah. Um, for the Gallo season questionable. Fi- I just Gallo's still questionable. So you know, if we don't yeah. see him, we might see minimal run there. What do we do if Trey Young's out though? Uh, play a lot of Bogdanovich and Delon Wright and every herder. Like Bogdanovich and Herder are the two that I think see the biggest bump in in rates, and then DeLon Wright would just see a lot more playing time. Yeah, DeLon Wright, by the way, point guard, shooting guard on Fandle, flat minimum 3,500. Point guard, shooting guard on DraftKings, 3,300. Yeah. Um, Anything else? Oh, go ahead. Oh, to go back to the Capella thing, uh, 15 games this year without Collins, 28.6 minutes per game, 1.19 DraftKings points per minute. That'll work. That will work. Yeah, happy to get to him on DK. Anything else here for the Hawks? Nope. We go to Portland next. 14-point underdogs in Brooklyn, and Brooklyn is missing their two, two of their three best players, which is just kind of crazy. Like, if Ben Simmons and Kyrie were able to play, is this a 20-point line? If Simmons and Kyrie played? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe more. (laughs) Portland's so bad. So bad. Um, It's the same rotation we've had for Portland as of late. You know, we've got no Simons, Didi Luzada, Lillard, Ingles, Bledsoe, Little, Nurkic. All these guys are just out. So it's just the trash heap of non-NBA players and Josh Hart, I guess. So not a ton of ownership coming into Portland. Pretty disrespectful to Winslow. Like I said, trash heap. <laughs> uh, the highest owned guy on DraftKings, obviously, in this situation, is the flat minimum 3K Chris Dunn, who is now a Portland Trailblazer. He's 16% owned. On FanDuel, Dunn is the flat minimum 3,500, but that just carries a little bit less weight. Brandon Williams <laughs> and Drew Eubanks both get into like the low teens in ownership. Is it Chris Dunn season for you today? Yeah. Um, 3K, I think, is just a misprice. We saw him still play 27 minutes last game, even with Winslow back. Uh, 
Hughes was essentially out of the rotation. Greg Brown was barely in the rotation. Keon Johnson didn't play a lot because, of course, if you're a really bad team like Portland, the last thing you would be wanting to do is give minutes to your young guys that you don't know what they are. You should definitely give them to guys like Chris Dunn. So, yeah, I mean, I don't – the the risk is that it – Portland can do whatever they want with minutes. Like they could give Chris Dunn 12 minutes today and say we're playing Keon Johnson and Elijah Hughes and nobody would bat an eye because who cares. Um, But based on the playing time Dunn's gotten in his first couple of of games with Portland, it's hard not to like him at 3K, at least in – I mean like might be a little strong, but like it's hard not to be interested in a 3K guy that has a path to 24-plus minutes and isn't a bad point-per-dollar fantasy producer – or point-per-minute fantasy producer. Uh, I'm looking something up now with regards to odds for Brooklyn. God, I hate this Portland team. It's just true garbage. They might be – this Portland team is the worst team in basketball, right? I think so. Okay. Um, I want the NBA playoff odds for – there we go. Nope, that's player futures. Conference winners. Okay, so JoJo Rabbit, I hate to point you out like this. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie and Simmons come back, they get a low seed and take out the heater of the Sixers in the first round. The Brooklyn Nets are the current odds-on favorites to win the East. <laughs> are they really? Plus 280 at a sports book that we would advocate for. Uh, the Bucks are plus 290. That's insane plus, to me. Plus 350. I agree. The Heat plus 480. I would not want to bet that, but uh, yeah, you should not be surprised if they come back and do that because the betting market is telling you that they are the most likely team to not only do that, but to do that for three straight rounds. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And it's not a knock on them. Like, I I loved the trade. I loved getting Simmons. I love the way he fits on that team. But like, I also thought Simmons would be back by now. Um, Yeah. We're, we're That's getting a hard thing to do. It's like come potentially come through the play in and be the favorite. Yeah. And you're talking about like someone assuming Simmons is back, you know, you're still talking about someone that took the entire year off has to then also has to figure out how to play with, you know, his new team. I, I think they are getting dangerously close to like not being as good as they, they should be. It's really weird. And not only like you didn't even mention the biggest question mark, which is, is this guy going to fold like an accordion during a playoff? Right, game? right. <laughs> and also, it's not and, even just and, like, and oh, also, he's a little injured and we don't know what's going on. He's got this dark cloud of, can he even play basketball competitively hanging over him? Right. Yeah. Like the dude could just straight up have the yips at this point and be bad. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and also, there's a good chance that Kyrie can't play, still won't be able to play home games in the playoffs. Yeah. There's a chance that if they are the nine seed, no, the eight seed, they would be playing Toronto as the seven in a road game, and he still can't play. He, yeah, he can't play any of the games. And then if they lose that first one and get the home game against the winner, he is also potentially not there for that one. Yeah. If they get the eight and Toronto's the seven, that is scary for Brooklyn. Because I certainly wouldn't want to play Toronto in Toronto. Like that, if they're healthy and they're playing all these dudes forty-two minutes, that's not a great spot when you're when you've only got Durant. Right? Yeah, because like I mean, Toronto is not a bad team when yeah, and yeah, you don't have Kyrie and probably don't have Simmons. It's 
it's crazy. But yeah, uh, I didn't mean to point you out like that, Jojo Rabbit. But yeah, you shouldn't be surprised because the betting odds say that that is not only likely, but uh, way more likely to win even more than just that first series. Craziness. The East playoffs are going to be great if they break in a like a certain way, just loaded, particularly the second two. If we get Nets, Bucks, Sixers, Heat, and if you want to slot the uh, the Celtics into one of those, like I don't mind it all that much. But Why if are we, we just ignoring those, the Wizards? Uh, plus 50,000 to win the NBA Eastern Conference right now. Yeah, I had actually me there's uh, some value in that line. At, at, at dinner during the final, I had put a bet on my bet slip for Wizards to win the uh, the title at like a hundred thousand to one or something. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bet it though. You'd be better off putting in a bet for them to win the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's go to Brooklyn now. Clearly, no Kyrie Irving for this one. This one it is is in Brooklyn. Um, no Ben Simmons, no Lamarcus Aldridge. David Duke is with the G League affiliate, and Seth Curry is questionable. He's been out for a while. I've got him in here. Lots of ownership coming to Brooklyn, though. Durant's around twenty percent. Uh, Bruce Brown's around fifteen percent. Just playing massive minutes as of late, and playing pretty well too. Nick Claxton, highest owned guy for draft on DraftKings for the Nets, twenty five percent owned at thirty four hundred. Still get a little bit of love to someone like Drummond as well. I'm guessing you like Brooklyn. I do. Uh, it's a really good matchup against Portland. The Curry news is is big because if Curry is in, then obviously Durant looks great. Guys like Brown, Drummond, Curry, uh, Claxton, you know, all look fine. Um, but if he's out, then you get more minutes for Patty Mills at 3,800. He's still um, not good. And, and, you know, not that exciting, but he played 36 minutes last game. Uh, that's hard to really ignore when somebody's 3,800 in a good matchup. But also it means that you're more likely to get 48 minutes from Drummond and Claxton because when this team is healthy, when they have Curry, then in a lot of competitive games, you're going to get uh, Kevin Durant closing at the five over Drummond Claxton. Last game, you only got 21 minutes from Drummond, but you got 26, 27 from Claxton. So you got the full 48 minutes. It just kind of broke in the opposite direction of what we were expecting. But uh, if Curry is out here, don't forget that it's a benefit for the centers, even though they're totally different positions. Don't necessarily know if they're going to need to close with Kevin Durant in this one. Also true. But <laughs> if they got to go to the small ball lineup to knock out this Portland Trailblazers team, <laughs> this Brooklyn team's got way bigger shit on their plate. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I don't think it's a matchup thing. I think it's just like no. it, if, if any game is competitive down the stretch and they have Curry in, I think Durant's just the center. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I don't think they're saying, oh, we need Durant because X, Y, Z. I think that's just what they go to. Patty Mills over the past 30 days, 0.55 FanDuel points per minute. It's unbelievable, unbelievably bad. What happened to him, man? I don't know. <sighs> Rough. Rough. But just a lot to like for Brooklyn. It's a great matchup. It's about as soft as it's going to get. Um, I don't have much else to mention here. Goran Dragic is 19% owned on FanDuel. That's the highest mark of anyone on Brooklyn. I don't know how much I love that. If Curry's out, I guess I like it a little bit better, but it's not like he's been good. 0.75 FanDuel nope. points per minute. Dragic. Yeah, yeah uh, he's. it's worth noting. So like at 5K, if, if Curry's out, there's still some value there just based on playing time. I mean, he played another 36 minutes last game, but... Not surprisingly, he hasn't been great with Kevin Durant on the floor. Uh, last game, he did have a 26% usage rate, though, so maybe starting to you know gel and figure it out. All righty. 
Anything else for Brooklyn? Nope. All righty then. Let me move some of these windows around so I stop having 87 million tabs open. I have way too much shit to try to organize the show. It's been so long since I've had to do this. Did you make a NCAA bracket? I did not. Okay. I don't give a shit about the tournament. Neither do I, but uh, DraftKings had free rolls. I didn't even know that that happened. Yeah, yeah the the Onyx one was good. Like it's, I think like eleven hundred people entered, a thousand people get paid. First is a hundred thousand. Um, Free. Yeah. Okay. It it won't be me. My my brackets screwed. Um, yeah, okay. Texted my rep yesterday. I was like, hey, I picked all the wrong teams. Can you just drop a hundred k in my account? And uh, he he laughed at me. Oh, that was okay. Uh, I didn't understand that screenshot. I oh, didn't know. Yeah. I didn't realize that was you. And without the context, I had no idea what that message yeah, was. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But yeah, no, that, that's what that was. But uh, yeah, no, I died Kentucky in the final four. So mine's done. All righty. Oh, yeah, you are legitimately done probably. Yep. So, uh, Well, let's talk about the schedule for the rest of the day. Coming up immediately after this show at 11 a.m., we have the college basketball live before lock show. NHL strategy show will be up at 2 o'clock. Locks before lock at 4.15. The NBA Deeper Dive will be here at 4.45, leading into NBA Live before lock at 6. We've got free NBA player rankings, free NHL player projections, and free MMA pro plays for tonight. Now we are on to game number four. Denver Nuggets, two-and-a-half-point favorites in Cleveland, 221 total. This is not the type of... A uh, game that you're really trying to corner the market on DFS plays from should be a good Denver. should be a fun game to watch. Uh, it could have been a fun game to watch if all of the players that like if Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray were playing, and well, Jared yeah, Allen was yeah. playing. Um, but for Denver, no Michael Porter Jr. Obviously working his way back. Same for Murray and Vladko Kankar. Uh, Zeke Naji questionable. No surprises there. So Denver at full strength ish, or as full as it normally is. For Cleveland, no Jared Allen, no Dean Wade, no Rondo. I mean, if you want to play Nikola Jokic, by all means, go for it. I think Embiid probably looks a little bit better if he's in. Will Barton is 4,900 on FanDuel. That's just sort of slightly underpriced. Otherwise, this is like a slow, defensive-oriented matchup that I don't really want to get to a lot of Denver. Yeah, pretty rough fantasy game. Um, And it's just, you know, what it normally is. Like, Jokic looks... Very good, but I agree with you. If Embiid's in, um, I'll take the seven hundred dollars savings there. Um, but that's not to say you know you shouldn't play Jokic or you can't play Jokic. He's he's still always going to be a good play. But beyond him, nothing really stands out uh, at all. I mean, Barton, Morris, Gordon, like those guys are all playing around thirty minutes. They all don't need to do a whole lot when they're on the floor because they're sharing it with Jokic. Um, Bones Highland salary is up to forty six hundred. Cousins backing up Jokic like. On a smaller slate, maybe I'd get there just, you know, hoping that he smashes in 15 or 16 minutes. But I think it's a little bit more difficult on a slate of this size. So uh, outside of Jokic, I don't really have anything. Thoughts on that $4,900 Barton price on Fandle? He's the only other guy getting ownership, so I figured I'd ask. Yeah, I think it's fine. It's still... I, I do think it's a price tag where, like, when you look at it, you say, like, oh, wow, Barton's mispriced. And then when you actually, like, go through and look at rates and everything, you're like, yeah, Barton's slightly underpriced. Yeah, he should be 5,300, not 4,900, but we're not really squeezing a ton out of it. Right, because the thing is, like, he just isn't playing typically, like, 36 minutes. He's giving you 30 minutes. He's averaging, like, 0.9 fantasy points per minute or whatever, and 
0.81 over the past 30 days. Right. So like, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's like, okay, well, he's not overpriced, but he kind of isn't that underpriced either. Similarly uninteresting is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Darius Garland gets into the double digits in ownership on both sites. No problem going to $8,500 with Garland. Uh, Marking in the only other guy north of five, that's 9.6% on DraftKings, whatever. Um, I don't know. If you want to go to Isaac Okoro playing a ton of minutes at one of the worst rates in the league, you can do that. I don't have a ton of interest in Cleveland. Feel free to roster Darius Garland, though. Yeah, I think the $8,500 price tag on Garland looks pretty good. Um, that's come down a little bit, and we know he's just a really good player, really high ceiling. Okoro at 3800 like you said, playing a lot of minutes. You know, He's around a point six to point seven fantasy point per minute guy you're probably going to have better value available today uh but you know he is playing a lot of minutes for that salary marking in at 5500 is fine um playing you know 32 to 34 minutes but not a high usage guy he does get a little bit of a rebounding bump uh without jared allen so yeah not not a lot that stands out to me mobley at 7500 i think you could make a case for as well but more or less correctly priced we're gonna see 30 guys in the mid sevens that just right. look exactly like Evan Mobley today yeah. and better matchups and stuff. Yeah. Cause I mean like Mobley gets Mobley gets a little bit of a usage bump and a rebounding bump, you know, playing center, but yeah. uh, it's still one of those where it's like, I, he, he's not overpriced, but no. on a 12, on a 12 game slate, again, like ownership, you, you can find low owned guys that look better basically. Right. And on a 12 game slate, the first 15 guys, that, like if you ranked your top plays for the day, the first like 15 of those guys are all going to be based on guys being out, guys opening up giant chunks of value. And at that point, like guys 16 through 30 are all really similar to each other. Right. Um, you, you need the, the guys that pull away that are priced incorrectly in a dramatic way on a day like today. Uh, 283 viewers here, just 51 likes. That's not going to cut it. It's been a while since I've had to ask for them since that's usually Laffy's job at this point, but hit that thumbs up if you haven't done it already. Let's move on to Adams Wizards. They are five and a half point dogs in New York, taking on the Knicks, 223 total. Um, not ideal on either side. Kyle Kuzma is 16% owned on Fandle. Next closest guy is Kispert at four. We do get a little bit of ownership coming into Kispert on DK. Denny at 3,300 shooting guard, small forward. He is actually 18% owned. Interesting value play there. And then Rui at 3,300, also 10% owned. How do you feel about these value guys for Washington? Kispert, Denny, and Rui. Yeah, I think that Washington's really interesting because from a medium projection standpoint, they don't really stand out. Like when you look at Kispert, Rui, and Avdia, they're just sort of, you know, 18 to 20 point projections. They, they look fine but but what's really interesting is that there's volatility in the minutes like if guys play well you can get more playing time so um i do think that there's just a little bit more volatility for them than there are for you know most guys at that price range uh, I, I like getting to them i wouldn't you know I, I don't think i want like avdia and kispert in the same lineup i don't want Rui and gafford in the same lineup not that i think that'll be an issue anyway but um yeah i just think that those guys should all be like 4k instead of 33 or 3400 yeah, the, the Denny one with shooting guard small forward, that is just increased flexibility on a day like today. I really like where he lands. You take your chances. It's hard to prioritize any one guy there, but I think, I think Denny Rui's the, the guy. Rui's the one I... Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like, I think Avdi and Kispert look fine as well. Um, I do just kind of gravitate toward Rui because... I think there's a chance he starts playing more minutes. Like, he played 27 last game. Um, there was some garbage time in there, but... 
he's been playing really well. Like he's shooting over 50% from three. Um, Unseld was asked recently about if they had plans to move him into the starting lineup. And he kind of said like, he, he didn't say no, but he also kind of said like, I really like the way he's playing in his current role. But I think that you could just see him, even if it's, you know, com- still coming off the bench, just, you know, kind of see him start to be prioritized and get more minutes. I agree that he's been playing significantly better. He's still bad, but he's better than maybe the worst guy in the league in comparison to where he was maybe like 30 games ago. Yeah, um, I mean, he's turned into a good three-point shooter. Good? He's shooting 50-plus percent. Well, how many is he taking? A decent amount. I got to look this up. Uh, Rui Hachimura basketball reference. Rui shooting 4.73s per 36 minutes. Highest rate of his career by an absolute ton. Uh, 35 of 72 on the season. Yeah, I mean, even if he's a 38% three-point shooter, that changes the arc of his career pretty dramatically. Yep. Interesting to see. Weird team, this Washington Wizards. Then we go to the New York Knicks. For the Knicks, we have a Q tag on Quentin Grimes, who's been out for basically a month. Still no Derrick Rose, no Nerlens Noel. Um, a lot of ownership coming into this one, depending on the site. R.J. Barrett at 7K on FanDuel is 34% owned. Look, I like R.J. Barrett today. Uh, if R.J. Barrett's 34% owned, I'm probably just going to be a little bit lighter. There's just going to be more guys around there that have the same ceiling as Barrett. And I still have him in for 38 minutes. I like him. I think he's a good play. That just seems excessive for the lack of changes that are happening for the Knicks. He's 14% owned on DraftKings. I think that makes more sense. Randall, Burks, and Fournier are all 10 to 20% owned on FanDuel. Nobody else is above 10% on DK. Are you prioritizing anything from the Knicks? Uh, Barrett and Randall in particular, I think. Um, Barrett at 7,900. Like, it, it's it's crazy. It feels crazy to say, but I think that's a pretty drastic misprice on RJ Barrett. Um, playing huge minutes. What? Uh, drastic misprice? Yeah, I think he looks uh, like it's one of the best plays on the slate. Um, wow, I wildly disagree. So let's have this conversation. Go ahead. Hit me, hit me with it. So he has point guard, small forward eligibility. In yeah. competitive games, he's playing like 38, 40, 42 minutes. Um, usage rates around 30% without Rose or Kemba on the floor. He's getting to the rim. Like he's changed the way he plays. Um, yeah. He's just excellent. I got him in for 38 minutes. I assume you don't have any qualms with that. You could say 40 and I, I would be okay with it. But... I have a hard time going north of 38 on anybody. Uh, same. Until, unless you're a, a Toronto Raptor and you do it for three straight months um, right. where 40 can be unlocked, 38 feels about right. You know, he gets to 40. I don't think 40 would be crazy. I got him at 1.02 FanDuel points per minute in that spot. Uh, that's an increase over where I have him in the model. He's 1.05 for the past 30 days. So I don't think that I'm off the mark from just like a general rates perspective. I got him at 41 DK points. To me, that's good, not great. Yeah, uh, I've been like 43. Okay. So, but I'm normally a little bit higher than you on guys in general. Yeah. Right. Like, if I just look at guys in his price range, was he 7,900, you said? Yeah. Like, 
I've got Scotty Barnes not too far away from him. Malcolm Brogdon, Zach. Yeah, yeah I think that's nuts. When I say not too far away from him, I have Barnes. I have Barrett ahead of him by a point and a half. But Barnes is also playing 38 minutes a game at this point in time. Similar rates. Brogdon could potentially fall into 36 minutes again at a similar price tag. I've got Levine basically at the same projection. Van Vliet at 7,600. Jalen Brown not too far away from him. I just think that entire range is loaded. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and I just sort of adjusted mine, so I got him to 42 instead of 43. Um, but again, like to that's me, in- he's very clearly the best option from the Knicks. I don't. I have no disagreement there. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, that's in 38 minutes. So I guess that's kind of the thing too. Is 38 minutes is a low projection for RJ Barrett. I, yeah. I I don't feel comfortable going north of it just because things happen in NBA games and 38 minutes is a lot. But like, also, I kind of feel like if you gave me even money on the over under, I'm just taking the over every time. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what RJ Barrett is going to be. That dude has such massive peaks and valleys in his skill set. And I don't, uh, maybe he just needs to get the hell away from New York. I'd like to know what he would look like if he didn't play for Tibbs. I think his, he's coming back, by the way, if you didn't see that. Um, Tibbs is coming back? Yeah. Well, like next year? Yeah. I thought you were about to tell me that he'd been like out for COVID or something. (laughs) No, no. uh, I didn't know he was gone. uh, uh, Unless I dreamt it, they announced yesterday that he'll be back. Yeah. Good for the Knicks. Um, yeah, I wanted to see. I know I've seen um, Knicks beat writers tweeting about like him just driving a lot more. and um, Oh, he, he's been dramatic, and he's finishing differently, too, if I remember correctly. I know uh, Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue have been talking about it a bit. I'm going to pull it up on uh, Cleaning Glass to see. So he's shooting significantly more. Uh, or he's shooting basically the same at the rim from a frequency perspective, but his accuracy is trending up a little bit more than it used to be. Honestly, um, I'm trying to talk him into something better. Uh, He's basically the same guy every year. Holy shit. (laughs) So over the last month, RJ Barrett, it's 10 games. He's averaging 18 drives per game. For the season, he's averaging 11.8. So if you take, if you take like start of the season, from the start of the season until February 18th, he averaged 10.6 drives per game, also 33 minutes, so a few less minutes. Um, but then, you know, over the last month, he's at 18, whatever, like that's not just five minutes of playing time difference. I wonder how different it is for how often there's another point guard on the floor. How often is Rose and Kemba in for some of those in comparison to when those guys aren't on? I right. assume Barrett's drives to the rim without those two are massive in comparison. Uh, this might be the worst take I've ever seen. Yeah, I can't even handle it right now, so I'm just letting it go. I told him to fix his eyes. It didn't seem to work. <laughs> Anything else for the Knicks? No. Uh, Julius Randle looks good at 9,200. Yeah. Julius Randle looks better at 8,600 power forward center on Fandle, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, Robinson can absolutely destroy Washington, but, uh, you know, always have to be kind of cautious with him just because there's so much volatility in his playing time. I got to look this up now. I just want to see it since I still have this stuff in player futures, rookie of the year. 
Scotty Barnes may be the rookie of the year in your eyes. Evan Mobley minus 470 to win the NBA rookie of the year. Scotty Barnes, not even second. That would be Cade Cunningham at plus 500. So as I mentioned to Curtis, fix your eyes, whether that's LASIK or glasses or both at this point in time, because it seems like they're pretty not good. Yeah, uh, knocking Evan Mobley's defense might be the stupidest thing I've ever seen in chat. Um, the most, he's like the second best defensive prospect to come out of basketball in the last 25 years. But is Garnett first? It's either Duncan or AD coming okay, out in yeah. terms of like pretty good esteem. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked uh, Gre- Greg. I know Greg's the reason I saw it, but um, some sports radio guy or whatever uh, tweeted out like, um people anyone that thinks that there's like a runaway rookie of the year this year isn't watching and greg just quote tweeted it with like mobley being the massive favorite to win (laughs) it's unequivocal it's not we're not watching box scores evan mobley is not a guy that's going to show up well in box scores it's the exact opposite yeah this is this is just bizarre i I couldn't imagine being so bad at these takes but and curtis your corner in the market they should put you on first take (laughs) Lakers, nine-point dogs in Toronto, 225 total. This Lakers team is putrid. They played 12 guys the last time out, and honestly, they they might do it again. I have no idea who plays for this team any longer, but we got to talk about two guys, LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. To me, LeBron is fine today, just in the mix of all these other pay-up guys, and uh, I deserve to punch myself in the crotch for saying it, but... Russell Westbrook is 6,600 on FanDuel, and I will play a little bit of him. Uh, do you have any fun Lakers takes? Um, LeBron looks good. Everybody else looks like trash. Where do you land on Russ at 6,600 on FanDuel? Light your money on fire. But what's your actual answer? <laughs> it's fine. Um, okay. Like, it's like you'd obviously be playing him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I wouldn't be just like jamming him in everywhere. I think it's kind of like where he should be priced. Yeah. Right. Um, Agreed. Yeah, like I think 6,600 on FanDuel is much closer to correct than 8,300 on DraftKings. 8,300 to me if LeBron is in is unplayable for Agreed. us. Yep. <laughs> Dude's terrible. Uh, is there a single other Laker that you'd be willing to get to today? Ta- Taylor Horton Tucker is questionable. I don't think it matters. Yeah, I don't really think so. Assuming LeBron's in, um, yeah. um, it's pretty much just LeBron and move on. All righty. To Toronto we go. Still no Malachi Flynn. Still no shit. Who's out? OG and Anobi. Um, Van Vliet, 30% owned on Fandle, where he's 7,200. Uh, that price does not make a ton of sense. You get Pascal Siakam and Van Vliet and Trent all in the teens. I mean, honestly, any one of Siakam, Barnes, Van Vliet, or Trent just look good to me today. Yeah, I think Van Vliet looks the best at 7,600, but uh, Barnes at 7,700, Trent at 62, Siakam at 89. Those guys all look pretty similar to each other um, relative to price. I think they're all just, you know, good plays, good matchup against the Lakers. But Van Vliet's the one that really stands out to me at 7,600. Yeah. Do you want to the, get to the any only, of the bigs? What'd you say? Do you want to get to any of the bigs? Not really. Uh, we, we got Ken Birch back in the starting lineup last game. You still got 26 minutes from Achua, but his price tag has also come up a bit to 4,400. Um, assuming he comes off the bench. I don't know. I have, I've, have a hard time getting to... Getting to him, uh, Thad Young only played 12 minutes. Boucher played 22. Um, and then one other thing to mention with Van Vliet, and this is, I think, the most difficult thing about NBA DFS. Van Vliet is hurt. Like, so you run, I think it lowers his floor 
like he can just play poorly. But I also don't really know what to do with that because I like I, I don't know. I don't have the guy's phone number. I'm not asking him how he feels today. Maybe he feels fine. Um, so it's I, I do think it's worth mentioning. You know, like it's a little bit riskier play than normal, but. I also don't think you can just like slash Freddie, uh, Fred Van Vliet's, you know, production or anything. Now, I don't know what to do with Van Vliet other than just play him because he's going to play a minimum of 36 minutes today and potentially more. Who the hell knows? Right. Ryan no, Johnson don't play is Boucher, Boucher a nice cash play. No, he's not even really a nice GPP play. <laughs> right. If you play Chris Boucher in cash today and nothing has changed for Toronto, you should never play DFS again. And I don't mean that negatively, but like he's like the hundredth best option today. Yeah, like he shouldn't even be on the board. If you like, if there's a, if you enter the biggest double double on DraftKings at any level and anyone played him once, I think that's wrong. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, I don't have anything else here for Toronto. So let's talk a little bit about the presenting sponsor of this show. That would be no house advantage. If you use the promo code Osmo when you sign up, you can get yourself $25 on your first deposit. You got mass entries, big prize pools. We have no house advantage projections and already generated optimal lineups on awesomeo.com that will help you out tremendously. The best part of no house advantage, these props don't change throughout the day. So It's hard for us to really dig into them in the mornings, but when you get to six o'clock and we get some of these questionable guys ruled out, it really opens things up. Like if Joel Embiid happens to be out, for instance, James Harden at 21 and a half points is incredibly low in comparison to what he's going to be projected for. Hell, Tobias Harris at 18.5, probably going to end up too low. If LeBron happens to be out, you're bumping up guys like Russell Westbrook. If we get guys like if Shea happens to be out, you probably still ignore Oklahoma City because that entire team sucks. If Jimmy Butler happens to be out, we're going to open up more for Kyle Lowry or Bam Adebayo. There's a lot of Q tags out there today. You could take advantage of those things when these guys get ruled out by using the projections and optimal lineups at awesomeo.com. So make sure you do that. All righty. Game number seven, Indiana Pacers, three-point favorites in Houston, 238 total. This is where we get a little bit more complicated, uh, at least for Indy. We've got no Isaiah Jackson in this one, clearly no Miles Turner. Q tag on Duarte, Q tag on Goga, which is very important because for some reason he's 3,400 on DraftKings and 5,600 on FanDuel. Bit of a disparity there. I'm just going to open it up to you in general. What do you want to do with Indiana? Uh, so if Goga plays at 3,400, he looks really good. Um, I don't know if he would move into the starting lineup with Jackson out. I assume it would be either him or Jalen Smith, but he doesn't even need to. I mean, it's a good matchup against Houston. If he plays uh, even off the bench, I assume he's playing, you know, at least 20 to 22 minutes at 3,400. Uh, he would look really, really good. Jalen Smith at 5,700, I think is interesting. Uh, he has power forward eligibility. We've typically seen uh, Indiana getting smith like 26 minutes one way or 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 another um and then now you know without jackson that's even easier to do so i do think at 5700 he looks pretty good Uh, i like brogdon's 7700 price tag so i think those are the three guys that i'm gonna get to the most from indiana brogdon is the trickiest dude on this slate today how so 
Because I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, this guy just comes back from being injured constantly, and it's just like, oh, I'm going to play 38 minutes today. <laughs> like, 7,600 and 7,700. I mean, would you – like, if he just plays this normal run, I'd love him at 5% ownership against Houston. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I just don't trust him. How much – I don't know if you mentioned it or not because I was uh, screaming at Curtis still in chat. Uh, how much of your boy Jalen Smith do you want to get to today if he's starting as the center? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned him. Um, he he in part depends on Goga, but at worst, I think Jalen Smith is a good play because, like, if Goga's like the worst case scenario for Jalen Smith's projection would be Goga's in and Goga's starting, and Smith's still playing off the bench. But they've been finding ways to get him minutes regardless. Like he's typically giving you around twenty six minutes, uh, whether he's playing center, whether he's playing the four. Uh, so with Jackson out, I feel even more confident in that. If he starts, I think it would be a sign that you're getting like big minutes from Jalen Smith uh, and he has power forward eligibility. So off the bench at 5,700, I think he looks good. If he's starting, I think he looks fantastic. Goga, if he plays, looks better than anything from Philly if Embiid is out, correct? I think so, yeah. Okay. Just wanted to put that in perspective. Any Brissett today? Uh, he came out of my sim a little bit higher than the lack of ownership that he has right now. Yeah, this guy is just clearly trolling, right? No, I I think uh, he's clearly something else. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Houston. Uh, they are at full strength for this one. Uh, it's full of the strength of Houston that they can be at. Uh, Q tag for Eric Gordon would be the only piece. Not sure it matters. Uh, Kevin Porter, the only guy in double digits in ownership. Uh, you get a little bit of love to Christian Wood and to Jay Sean Tate, but do you want anything here from Houston? Um, I don't mind Christian Wood. Or, they just kind of across the board look decent. Like Wood, Porter, Jalen Green, Tate are all a little bit underpriced, but not en- enough to really stand out on a 12-game slate. So I think they're good plays, but I don't necessarily expect to have like massive amounts of any of them. But uh, they all did see a drop in price, uh, particularly Christian Wood, 7,300 now. Yeah. Just wish he had the power forward eligibility as well. Yep. KPJ to me, best best option here, but nothing that's like a crazy good priority. Yeah, I agree. It's just it's more so it's a team where like I'm going to be getting a, a good amount of Houston across lineups, but it's probably not going to be one individual player. It's going to be you know whatever fits in that given lineup out of like four guys. The Oklahoma City Thunder are 14 and a half point dogs in Miami with a 220 total. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, questionable for today. Uh, Jimmy Butler, also questionable for this one. Are you playing anybody from Oklahoma City today? Uh, Tail Maladon projected for 14% ownership. I assume that is if Shea is out. Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, assuming Shea is in, probably not really. Like, 9,900 Shea is good, but it's still a tough matchup. You still have a lot of other guys you can get to. Like, it it would just be difficult for me to want to play – He'll just Alexander over James Harden or Trey Young, for example, at similar price tags. Uh, Not a knock on Shea, but with a slate of this size, you're just going to get lower ownership across the board. And so it's unlikely that you get a situation where it's like, oh, Shea is 2% and Harden's 30%, so I'll take Shea. Um, You're probably just, you know, the ownership's not going to matter as much. I'd rather get to those guys. And in this, like, I don't tend to look at things like this, but... Uh, I think Miami's defensive chops are going to be able to sort of take Shea out of it. Like they're just good across the board. They're smart. 
I, I think they can game plan to beat the one real NBA player on the Oklahoma City Thunder for today. Yeah. And then we get to Miami. Uh, if Jimmy Butler plays 8,300 on FanDuel, 8,700 on DraftKings against the Oklahoma City Thunder, I really like Butler. Uh, he would be my favorite option here. Kyle Lowry at 5,500 on FanDuel, pulling a lot of love. I probably need Butler to be out for this one. The problem is I just don't expect Miami to play the guys that I want a ton in this spot. How are you handling the heat and what do you want to do if Butler's out or in, I guess? Yeah, I mean, if Butler's in, he looks pretty good at 8,700. Uh, you know, obviously there's plenty of blowout risk in this game, but he should play a big role. Same can be said for Bam. Um, if this game, if OKC does hang in this game enough to uh, get Miami playing in the fourth quarter, you should get 33, 34 minutes from Bam at 8,300. would make him look good. Uh, Lowry obviously looks better if Butler is out. Hero looks better if Butler is out. And then also, if you are scraping for value, $3,400 PJ Tucker, never going to feel good about putting him into your lineup, but he should play upper 20s in minutes at 3,400. I think he's just, it, it's kind of like the Wizards guys. Like, he's not exciting. He's not good, but he should be like 4K instead of 3,400. I'm with you. I love when look, we see these peaks and valleys with PJ Tucker's uh, salary all the time. In like two weeks, he'll get back up to like 4,900 and they'll be like, okay, don't touch PJ Tucker. It sucks. And then he falls back down to these low threes. And it's like, okay, there's going to be a couple games here where he just knocks down a bunch of corner threes and gets a couple defensive stats. And he's the value guy you needed. Oklahoma City can probably bring that out of him. I. <laughs> I I don't get it. like we have betting markets where people put up money and you can look and see. So saying something like Scotty Barnes rookie of the year for anyone who knows hoops, you can very clearly look and say nobody's putting their money there. Yeah. Yeah, it's also saying that Evan Mobley is going to be the rookie of the year and it's obvious isn't a slight on Scotty Barnes. No, Scotty Barnes is good. Yeah. Yeah. I like Scotty Barnes. I think the, Toronto is very happy with him and they should develop him well. He's just not the rookie of the year and it's not even remotely close. If you're so confident, feel free to attack that betting market with your hard-earned dollars. I'm quite confident you won't. Right. Yeah, like it, it sucks for Scotty Barnes and for Cunningham that they're in the same rookie class as Evan Mobley. It's not a knock on them. Yikes. All righty. L-A- No, New Orleans Pelicans. Three and a half point underdogs at San Antonio, 237 and a half total here. For the Pels, everybody that's normally available is available for this one. Um, we are waiting on Q tags for Devontae Graham and Jose Alvarado. That can change some things. On the opposite side for San Antonio, everybody that's normally available is available. CJ McCollum's 20% owned on Fandle. Uh, it's fine to me. Uh, no one is owned. He's 7% on DraftKings. No one else is above one. I assumed I was going to get a lot of the Pelicans just in this matchup against San Antonio. That's not the case. Their prices are all sort of where they should be. Yeah, they're pretty expensive. Uh, McCollum's the one that really stands out to me. Just, you know, playing without Ingram, he's doing everything offensively, likely to give you 36 minutes if this game's competitive. Good matchup. 9,300, still a pretty good price tag. Um, so I, I do really like McCollum. Joval, Hayes, both look fine, but priced correctly i think uh joval maybe even a little bit overpriced so like he's someone where he still has a massive massive ceiling but you're paying for it whereas i think mccollum you're getting a very very fair price 
I missed Abel Ramos' super chat a little bit earlier. So, Abel, thank you for that one. He said, how many minutes will Garland play versus Denver's second unit? Not a lot. Yeah, not much. And doesn't change anything for me either way. I mean, it, like, yeah, it's one of those where it's not super actionable. But if, like, if Garland ran a normal rotation where, like, you know, he plays six minutes, goes to the bench, comes back in and plays with the second unit, it would be fantastic against Denver because their second unit's so bad. But uh, Garland plays a pretty straight up, you know, play nine minutes, go to the bench, come back in and play like the next nine minutes or whatever. The last nine minutes of the half, I mean. Perfect. Me and Miguel are the only people in the world who think Scotty is better. We can just move on. Yes, you finally got it right. You two are the only people that think this. (laughs) Only people. So we nailed it. San Antonio Spurs. We can all agree that Barnes is better than Suggs. (sighs) Yeah. Which I did not expect. Yeah, I'll say you were not high on Scotty Barnes. I did. But then he he revamped his entire shot. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's still shooting 30% from three, so let's not act like he's out there knocking shit down. Um, I don't necessarily think, like, I don't know what the long-term goal is for Barnes if he still can't shoot. But, I mean, I wasn't high on Barnes, but I also did give out the Scotty Barnes fourth to the Raptors as a bet. So Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. I'll take that. I mean, I was a lot. I just assumed Suggs would be decent coming into the NBA, and that transition has not worked out well for him. Uh, San Antonio, Jakob Pertl, 12% owned on Fandle, only guy in double digits. No one higher than eight on DraftKings. If I'm getting to anybody here, it's DeJounte Murray because he's incredible. 1.5 fantasy points per minute over the last 30 days. Basically, once Derek White left, uh, DeJounte Murray just took everything over. That said, uh, not a lot here that I want to get to. Yeah, absolutely love Murray. Um... Nothing bad to say about him. 10-6, I think, is a very, very fair price. Uh, he's around a one-and-a-half fantasy point-per-minute guy. Without Derek White on the floor, he should give you 35, 36 minutes. He looks great. If you get to some Pirtle at 6,900, that's fine. If you get to some some uh, $6,600 Keldon Johnson, I think that's fine. But DeJounte Murray is very clearly the priority here. Um, the only other thing that I guess I'd mention is that um, with McDermott out and with Keta Bates-Diop out, the Spurs are kind of thin. So, like... Yeah. Um, you, you can expect big minutes for Kelvin Johnson. You can expect Lonnie Walker to play a, a good amount. You can expect Richardson to play a good amount. Um, their price tags are, I think, still about where they should be, though. 440 people in here, 112 likes. Make sure you're hitting that thumbs up. We got three more to go here before we close it out and send it over to college basketball live before lock. Make sure you're signing up for our March Madness package. $29.95 will get you daily betting picks from Ben Raza and Matt Kajeski in our Discord channel, as well as a Q&A with our experts. It's the best March Madness offer that we've ever had, so make sure you're taking advantage today. Clippers, five-and-a-half-point dogs in Utah. Everybody is available for the Clippers that we normally have. Highest-owned guy on either FanDuel or DraftKings is 4.9% owned Reggie Jackson on DK. I actually like Reggie Jackson quite a bit more than the current ownership is showing. He'd be a guy that I would certainly be over the field on. There's no, like, I can't imagine getting anybody else from the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, with Covington back, you're just getting, you know, a deeper rotation than they had played for a couple of games. 7,600 for Jackson looks fine. Um, there's still other pieces. Like, I would rather get to RJ Barrett, for example. Um, I'd rather get to Van Vliet. But uh, you're, you're talking about somebody likely to play 36 minutes and average around a fantasy point per minute. So uh, he's fine at 7,600. But after that, I see basically nothing. Well, Then we get to the most important part of the day. 
the Utah Jazz will be without Donovan Mitchell, Boyan Bogdanovich, Daniel House, Udoka Azabuki, and Trent Forrest has a Q tag. We've, we're getting massive ownership to Gobert and Conley and Nikhil Alexander-Walker at 3,100, who I think is the best value option for the Jazz today. For some strange reason, we've got Jordan Clarkson at 51% ownership on Fandle. Look, I like him a lot. 51% on a 12-gamer seems ludicrous to me. Um, still like him. I don't know if I want to get 51% of Jordan Clarkson, but talk to me about this Jazz team with no Mitchell and no Boyan. Yeah, kind of a weird rotation last game. Um, Rudy Gay came off the bench, only played like 18 minutes. Nikhil Alexander-Walker played 22 minutes, but got a couple minutes of garbage time. It, it, the thing that scares me about Alexander Walker is he only played like seven and a half minutes in the first half. And so that's a little concerning. Like if you end up mirroring mirroring that rotation, then obviously you don't really want to be getting to him. But at 3,100, you know, I think you're, you're still willing to uh, take that shot. 3,200 for Hernan Gomez, who played like 22 minutes. Um, I think you basically just like don't want more than one of Alexander Walker, Hernan Gomez, gay probably. Um, but they're all cheap and yeah. particularly Hernan Gomez and Alexander Walker look like uh, pretty decent point per dollar values. Gobert looks very good at 7,400. Conley at uh, 5,700 looks good. He's been playing a bit more. Um, only played 28 minutes last game, but it was a pretty non-competitive game. I think if this game is close, you're likely to get 30 to 32 from Conley. Um, so yeah, like I, I think Gobert is my favorite play on DraftKings. Conley is second. And then just, you know, kind of using some Alexander Walker, Hernan Gomez, uh, keeping expectations in check, but they're clearly underpriced. Yeah, it's – you don't ever want to get to the Utah Jazz. It would it, it'd feel a lot better if they weren't playing the Clippers. Like, I just wish they were playing the Rockets or something, and I felt confident about it, but there's too much value to go around on Utah today. It, the, Utah is the best team on the slate in terms of like an aggregate ownership thing, right? Um, probably, yeah. Okay. Anything else for the Jazz that you want to touch on? Nope. Closing it out with the two late-night hammers, Chicago Bulls, six-and-a-half-point underdogs in Phoenix, normal rotations for Chicago. To me, there's three guys you could roster. It's DeMar DeRozan, it's Zach Levine, it's Nikola Vucevic. Vooch, 7,600 on FanDuel, stands out a lot to me. Uh, DeRozan, 8,800 on FanDuel, stands out to me. Zach Levine, 7,700 on DraftKings, that stands out to me. What do you want to do with Chicago? Not a lot. It's another team where I think in individual lineups, you get you can get to some DeRozan, Vooch, Levine. Their price tags are all reasonable, but they also just don't stand out on a slate of this size. Um, but that's the case with Chicago a lot when, when they're healthy. It's basically you have to keep in mind that the median projection for guys like DeRozan, Vooch, and Levine is going to be kind of underwhelming relative to their salary, but they all have massive ceilings because they're so good. Um, when you look at a median projection, you're, you're talking about, you know, like you're just averaging out their, their their rates, but in any individual game, you can have the Rosen take over, or Levine take over, or Vooch take over. So when you get a team like Chicago that has three, you know, for lack of a better word, stars, um, you do have to keep in mind that in any individual game, you can get the you know Vooch massive usage game because he's just dominating, or DeRozan massive usage game. So in tournaments, they are still appealing, but um, they don't really stand out as priorities. 
and I don't want anything on the ass end of the Chicago side either. So then nope. we go to Phoenix. This one might be even worse than just about everything else we talked about. So clearly still no Chris Paul. Uh, we've got. <laughs> Did everyone in chat do bath salts to celebrate St. Patty's Day? I just settled for the green beer. <laughs> I'm a big red Skittles guy. Not the candy, the, the yeah. YouTube person. Uh, Q tag on Jay Crowder. Still no Cam Johnson. Uh, Devin Booker gets to 11% owned on DK. I agree with that. Uh, he does look like the best at 9,100. I don't really have a ton of other priorities. Like if you get to bridges because of the minutes, that's fine. If you get to Aiton because he's DeAndre Aiton, I think that's fine. I don't really have a ton here from Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, books the uh, Booker's the one that, that really stands out. 9,100 is a pretty crazy price tag. But the thing you have to keep in mind too is that you kind of have – on a lot of these payup guys, you've just gotten like five hundred to a thousand dollars, kind of just like chopped off their price. You know, McCollum's only a couple hundred dollars more expensive. So, relative, like Booker, I think is very, very clearly underpriced. But so are most of the payup guys. So that makes it where th- that makes it so you're still going to get kind of flat exposures. I think um, it doesn't make it so like like if pricing were correct on everybody else, and then you had Booker at ninety one hundred, it would just be like you're jamming Booker in everywhere. But because pricing is wrong on most of the payup guys you're still going to be wanting the spread out exposure but i think booker clearly looks very good at 9100 um pain ayton look fine bridges looks okay um but i think booker clearly is the priority is there anything else that you want to hit on from the suns yes no oh uh is oh god this is going to be fun for me i'm gonna while you figure that out we're going to hit with uh, Sean Dre's stupidity once again. Don't be fooled by triple doubles in today's NBA. The lack of defense is unreal. First of all, that's preposterous. It's never the, been the, the lack of defense thing is one of the most annoying things people say about the NBA right now. Like It's never been better. It's never been better. It's insanely hard to defend because offensive players have never been better. I'm going to hit you with the best one. Durant said he has never seen a double team. Durant, was, Durant said it after the Dallas game. Josh, you have no clue. Per NBA.com, Kevin Durant, 13th in the NBA in average possession double teamed per game, <laughs> technically tied with Drew Holiday. Uh, 14 possessions per game double teamed for Kevin Durant. That is about as high as it gets in the league. So just wanted to point that out there. By the way, he's played 41 games instead of the uh, gr- gross totals for everybody else. So, yes, Kevin Durant constantly double teamed in basketball games shocked to hear that Shandre has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, Floor is yours. All I was going to say was with Jay Crowder questionable. Uh, if you do get Tory Craig in the starting lineup, he's going to look good at 4k. Oh God, that was so good. Yeah. Uh, Got to go to Craig in that situation, closing it out, Boston and Sacramento. Normally you would expect to not really like Boston, but they play Sacramento. So uh, they're nine and a half point favorites against the Kings. Tatum in double di- in the teens, Brown on both sides, Brown in the teens on both sides, Marcus Smart double digits, uh, Robert Williams for 6,500 on FanDuel with power forward eligibility. To me, very clearly the best Boston Celtic you can get to on FanDuel. Al Horford looks fine. I want to get to a lot of Boston because Sacramento sucks. Yeah, uh, it's a team where pretty much all the starters are just like their projections show up green for me as in they're underpriced, um, but, but they all look similar to each other. So it's another one where I think I get a lot of Boston in the aggregate, 
but I don't think it's like, oh, I'm just jamming in Jason Tatum everywhere. It's more so like, you know, I have Tatum here, I have Brown there, I have Williams here, I have Horford there. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good spot for these guys. They they look very good. Uh, I, I really like Tatum. I really like Brown. I, I like Williams. I like Horford. Uh, Smart looks okay also. I guess those stats are meaningless because Durant said something. Right. Oof. Yeah, this. I mean, Boston should just smack Sacramento around here. That Robert Williams $6,500 price with power forward on FanDuel is like really appealing to me. Do you want to touch on anything for Boston before we close it out with Sacramento? Um, and I think, no, but I think what uh, everyone hates Chris said is, is correct. Durant most likely saying that double teams don't matter to him. Not that yeah. teams have never done. Like, you use some logic and common sense. Do you think that arguably the best player to ever play basketball has just never been double teamed because coaches are just like, oh, yeah, why would we do that? Yeah. I mean, it's – he probably doesn't care because he's seven feet tall with incredibly long arms and can pass over the top of a double team. And can dribble, like, and has handles. Like, it, it yeah. doesn't matter. He's that good. Yeah, exactly. It's just preposterous. For Sacramento, no one in double digits in ownership – Anywhere except for Sabonis on FanDuel, 24% owned because he's 8,100 and has the power forward eligibility. Unquestionably, Sabonis on FanDuel looks great. Does anything else look good for Sacramento going up against this uh, elite Boston defense? Not really. Um, I think Sabonis looks good. You know, again, if he can stay out of foul trouble, you're probably getting 35, 36 minutes. That's a a pretty big if. But, um, you know, he produces well. Fox plays a ton of minutes but he's also priced up to 8,900. The The issue with Fox is it's not that I think 8,900 is a particularly bad price for De'Aaron Fox. It's that when Devin Booker is 9,100, it's a very bad price for De'Aaron Fox. Like if you're, if you're going to make, yeah. if you're going to make Booker 9,100 and you're going to make McCollum 93 or 9,400, De'Aaron Fox needs to be like 8,100. Yeah. 0.1% owned for Fox right now. Yeah. Um, also, he is Fox is questionable, so keep your eye on like the Davion Mitchell, Dante DiVincenzo guys, just in case he gets ruled out. We won't know that shit at lock, most likely. Anything else you want to touch on before we kick this one over to the college basketball live before lock show? Hit that like button, everybody. Sean Dre now has changed to Durant got doubled, even though he's never been doubled. I'm just confused now. I mean, this guy's just a complete moron on a daily <laughs> basis. So, anything else for this slate? No. That'll do it, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Hit that like button on your way out the door. Stick around, not on this stream, but on the next stream, college basketball live before lock. Ben and Matt breaking it all down. Good luck tonight, everybody. Enjoy yourselves. Win some money and make sure to ignore everything that Shandre has to say in YouTube chat. Peace. <laughs>